Welcome to this episode of Exceptional People, a show delving into the minds of exceptional people doing extraordinary things. Speaking of delving into minds, this episode's guest started as a personal trainer, thought she could be of more assistance to her clients and became a life coach, then a certified clinical hypnotherapist with a master's in neuro-linguistic programming. You want to lose weight? You want to quit smoking? You want a better life? Terry Popper of Transforming People has and still covers all those roles and more. Sit back, relax, be informed and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Terry Popper, welcome. Good morning, Sam. Thank you very much. Well, you're looking at my Zoom H6 here recorder and you're telling me you also have one like that. Now, someone with what you do in overcoming people's everything, their fears, you've had that at home for how long? <laughs> About two years. So are you scared of technology like me, Terry? It's not that I'm scared of technology. It's that it is foreign to me. It's something that... Um, I think the more you use it, the better that you get with it. And I think that I have to just pull it out and start using it. And I, I'm a bit old-fashioned in the way that I work with my things that I'm comfortable with. Is there a possibility that you will pull it? How long have you been thinking about pulling it out and having a, a, having a play? Yeah, Dave? Yeah. And what are the results? Um, I'm happy with the way that I'm doing my work as it is at the moment. So we're not moving too far into the future of uh, technology with Terry Popper mm, at the moment? Not at the moment. Maybe you can ask a, a five-year-old kid to assist us like well, I did. I need help, I do ask my children. Your life as a personal trainer was one of the first things that assisted with this journey, let's, let's call it um, helping people in PT, personal training, making them feel better. Absolutely. I started off as a personal trainer. I worked as a personal trainer for about 20 years, mm. um, helping people to create the bodies that they wanted to create. And um, along the way, I did massage therapy as well. So I, I, I included that in my practice and some life coaching and counseling skills. I started off doing life coaching courses, believe it or not, to help my clients to be able to work with them in other areas of their life. Because I realized that you can't just work with a person in one area on a physical plane it's not enough. You bring them in, you train them and, and they work hard and they sweat and and they get the results in that moment. But what happens when they go home and they go back to their regular lives and they have sleep issues or they have stress at work or their relationship problems or they have hormonal issues, whatever it is, there are other areas of their life that things come up. So I started working with counseling mm. first and foremost and mm. life coaching to help them in those areas and then I found hypnotherapy. So just with your your personal training you have the your clients generally at their weakest point when you're driving them into the ground trying to get them to do burpees and push-ups and things like that. The life coaching would that be a natural progression because you find you see them weak physically mm-hmm. as in what they're doing and then they're probably telling you some things that are they're vulnerable I think in any relationship whether it's a personal trainer whether it's a hairdresser anybody that you go to and you have a connection with I 
from my experience, people start to open up to you and they start to tell you about other areas of their life and what's happening for them. Or they may come to a session and all of a sudden they're quite emotional because they're tired, they haven't slept the night before or they're worrying about something or they have stress at work. So it goes uh, beyond just training them physically. It goes into helping them and, and training them mentally and emotionally as well. So from your personal training, there was did you do some sort of um, uh, t- learning, life coaching? started with life coaching yep. because I believe that the skills that I could learn from that would help my clients in other areas of their life and then went on to counselling and then found came across hypnotherapy. And that enabled me to be able to make change in an instant that coupled with the NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, retraining of the brain, gave me the tools to help them to not have to exercise but to want to. Right. That sounds interesting when you're telling someone they don't have to exercise. That that seems... They want the motivation to <laughs> be able to jump out of bed in the morning and make that happen rather than, oh, I have to go to gym or I have to exercise because I want the benefits from it. So this is like a this is obviously a couple of steps over. I just wanted to know in regards to your life coaching mm-hmm. uh, experience, um, they are you are generally the person that asks them the hard questions and expects the answers as opposed to a husband or their wife or someone close to them. You're close, but you're not relative. Without prying into their personal lives, and it's about unpacking. It's about asking them. Who are you? What do you want? Where are you going with your life? What's it all about? What are the goals that you have? And what do you want to achieve? Like what we focus on is what we get. So if they want to achieve an amazing body or a a level of fitness, whatever it is in whatever area, because there's so many different areas that you can be fit in, what is the end result? It's always about the end result. And my belief is that what we focus on is what we bring towards us. So we need to start with the end in mind. I'm just asking those questions of your, do you call them clients, friends or clients, your clients? Yeah. You'd probably find that a lot of people don't have relationships or people in their lives that ask them those questions anyway. What do you want to do with your life? Because everyone's busy in their own lives worrying about bills and work and this and that. There's no one out there asking them, trying to get the best out of them like a life coach would be. Would that be, would that be right? What happens is most people go to work and they give so much of themselves to their job. They have to pay their bills, so they get up and they go to work every day and they do their work and they put so much effort into that job. Well, a lot of people who value their work do. So they put the effort in, but they don't put the effort into themselves in the first place. So all the other things get neglected, self-care, sleep, you know, um, exercise, eating properly. They tend to neglect a lot of other areas in their own life. Whereas if they started with themselves first and foremost and they had a treatment plan, a plan of care, and they took back, I try and teach them to take back just 20% of what you give to everyone else out there and pull it back for you. And that way they can become the very best version of themselves that they can be. So you, you set up meeting, you set up sessions or meetings with them, you working at a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Do you have regular other sessions regular so you can ask them how they're going on their treatment plans? Do you ring them during the week or how does it work? No. It's very different now because I don't do personal training with my clients. What I, I have as far as a, a, a package goes mm-hmm. is they come in for a minimum of four to five sessions. Mm-hmm. Each session takes approximately two hours to complete. And in those sessions, they do 
uh, work before they come to see me so that I understand um, they will fill out a timesheet. I know exactly what time they get out of bed in the morning to what time they go to bed at night and what they do in between. I also get them to fill out food diaries so that I can understand what they're putting into their bodies. So I get a picture of how their life is. So I'll, I'll do the homework pre to work out exactly what's going on, have a look at everything, and then I'll sit with them. And every time they come in, I help, I guide them through a process mm. of have, how they can become the very best version of them that they can be, whatever that is for them, whether they want to quit smoking, whether they want to quit drinking alcohol, whether they want to quit gambling, whether they want to quit sugar, mm. whether they want to quit men, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether they want to quit shopping, whether they want to lose weight, what is it that they want to achieve? Mm. And then we work together on how to do that. So they come in and it may take one session. It might just be as simple, they want to come in and change one habit and then get back out there. We do some life coaching and we do some hypnotherapy and they may only need one session. But it depends on on what it is they want help with. So with the actual homework that you give them to do before and after, Mm -hmm. generally these people, uh, I see a life coach, for instance, as the person that gives them that shove to do something. Stretches their boundaries. Yes, Generally, a person that's coming to you, they're a bit hesitant to do things anyway. Do you find that they're actually coming with their homework done or they're making excuses? Some that, do. Yeah. Some do and some don't. Mm. And then, But that gives me the ability to be able to see where the issues are. Mm. And so I can help them to make the change that they want to make. Because some people come in and they're really frightened. They're frightened of being exposed. Mm. You're going to find out that they're not getting out of bed in the morning. You're going to find out that they're staying up on the computer all night. You're going to find out that they're eating chocolate, you know, before they go to bed at night. You're going to find out some intimate things about them. And they can be scared about revealing those. But I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to help them. And that's what I want to do. So I've got their back the whole way. You know, I really love my clients. I really care about them. And I think they know that. It's a very personal relationship we have. I have a bit of a saying to them. I don't go through your undie drawer and you're not going to go through mine. Mm. So I'm not there to delve into their lives and what they've gone through. And, And it's not my business. I'm there to help them with whatever it is they need help with. So it's, it's not going back. I never believe in going back and going over things. I'm all about going forward and making change and being motivated and enthusiastic and passionate and disciplined and driven and confident, whatever they want to do. So your, your clients, they come to you, let's say with your homework, do you, do, at times they fill the homework in because they don't want to upset Terry Popper, right? But have you, do you look at the homework and think these guys haven't done the homework? They're just filling it in to try and not get in trouble which is not, you're There's not no going to judge them. There is no trouble. Well, that's no what I'm judgment. saying. And the thing is, especially with weight loss clients, mm. so it can be very revealing for a client to come who needs to lose weight. They have habits that they're not in control of and they feel a lot of self-loathing, a lot of shame about those habits. And it's really, really hard for them. So I'm very, very... Um, nurturing and caring and empathetic towards that i get it i understand i've been overweight myself i understand what it's like to be you know worried about going to a function and what am i wearing and is my back fat showing or this or that i've been there so i really really get it and i have empathy for them so if they're not doing their homework if they're still achieving the results of losing the weight and they're more motivated and all the things that we want to achieve then they don't need to fill out the paperwork 
If they're not, however, achieving, then I need to know what's not working so I can help them to make it work. Does that make sense? It makes sense because the way I see it is they they would have to get com- everything out of a session with yourself or a meeting. They would have to completely let go 100% over to you. There's nothing. They can't hide anything. That's, it's not, a, it... not necessarily give up some tr- some secrets, but if they're asked to do something... Just do it. Like when you say if they write down a food diary, but they're not putting down they're eating chocolate or they're eating chips or donuts. With weight loss clients, Mm. from the moment they walk in my door from the very first session, I elicit all their habits. We talk about what they're doing that's not working for them. And then I help to get rid of – it's like a program they have running at a subconscious level. Mm. They have a program running. No different from you teach your children to go to bed at night and brush their teeth. That everybody does it. You go to bed, you brush your teeth, you go into the bathroom, you know exactly what to do. It's a program that's running at a subconscious level. Mm. Yeah, you don't walk in the bathroom and go, "Oh, honey, um, there's something I need to do here." What, what am I it? doing here? Yep. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just know. I'm yep. going to bed. I'm going to brush my teeth. Yep. We say to our kids, "Come on, darling, into bed, brush your teeth." It becomes an automatic program. A lot of what is going on for these people, they now have running an automatic program at a subconscious level. Mm. What I do is I go in and I destroy their triggers and their mechanisms and I take out that program Mm -hmm. that's not working for them. Mm -hmm. And then I implant the new program and I reboot the computer to get their conscious and unconscious mind to work for them instead of against them. And that's what's been happening in the past. They have some programs that are running that no longer serve them. So we need to take out those programs. Now, it's not changing their personality. Nothing to do with that. In fact, it's getting rid of the negatives and implanting positives and then helping them to sustain that. So that's all pretty much got to do with the hypnosis side of things where Mm -hmm. you – and so how does that work? I'm assuming that to get hypnotized for the best results, the person has to be willing to be – wanted to be – In the very first place that they would make the appointment. Mm. So they have a belief system already running that this is going to work for me or they wouldn't come. They're hesitant. Some people are hesitant. Some people are frightened. Some people have anxiety because they're, they're worried that I'm going to find out their deepest, darkest secrets and, and take all that information. Well, they don't get to speak to me during the hypnosis, mm-hmm. so I don't know how I find anything out. It is the most calming, relaxing uh, releasing of stress experience that they could ever have. It's beautiful. It's it's unbelievable. And they walk out of there feeling better than they've felt in a very long time. So there's no nothing, absolutely nothing to be frightened of. So do they have to feel like they're being – how does it actually work? Uh, someone comes in for a meeting or a, uh, an appointment with you, they're aware that they're going to be hypnotised because they have an issue. Let's say they want to quit smoking. Okay. So let's say a client wants to quit smoking and they've heard from, usually most of my clients come from other clients who have seen me. I've done thousands of people to quit smoking and they refer other people or doctors or cardiologists or whoever knows that what I do works and I guarantee my work. So they will make an appointment. I will send them out an email with the information that they need to read prior to coming in so that they understand the process and how it works. They bring their forms with them that they filled out so I, I can have a look at how they do what they do so I can help them to make change. Each client is different, so I need to be able to understand how they're doing what they're doing and in which way they're doing it so that I can remove that program. 
and then they come in we do a bit of a talk we might sit and, and go through everything and I explain the process and how it works and all the different things to do with smoking and the habits that they have and then we do a session with the hypnotherapy and I guarantee that they will walk out that door as a non-smoker and if they ever start again at any stage they get one other session free of charge. So your your success rate, from what I read on your on your website, it's ninety five point six percent. Ninety nine. Absolutely. You're gonna have to update that uh, website now, yeah. Terry Popper. Absolutely. It's I'm quite really, a system. I'm very very passionate about yes. helping people to quit smoking. It's one of, you know, the most important things. Is that first and foremost the thing what that I they come in? Most? Yeah. The, the why why they come in for um, no, the majority? No. Clients quit smoking. I do a lot of clients to quit alcohol. That's mm-hmm. another big one at the moment. Um, it's become, you know, in the old days, people would go and have a cup of tea and a scone and then it went to coffee and a cake or coffee and a biscuit and now it's always wine time. Everybody's mm. enjoying social activities. Oh, let's have a wine or let's catch up and have a drink. So there are a lot of people out there who are really suffering because it takes over their lives and before they know it, it's taking control of them. So they all come to see me and I'll help them to get over that. So do you find the, let's go back to the people that quit smoking. Mm -hmm. Do the majority of people from your experience that do smoke, do they want to give up? Because that's all you hear most of the time. The the smokers, they want to quit. Yeah. Well, why would they come in and make an appointment if they didn't want to quit? What about the ones that are smoking but haven't thought about it yet? Are they smoking still thinking? I'm not a smoker, so I don't understand the mentality why people smoke. I smoked a packet a day for over 20 years. Yep. And I gave up 20 years ago with hypnotherapy. And I haven't looked back since. I did try once to have a cigarette and I was that sick. I had to drive with a bucket for two days. Now I have cigarettes on my premises every day from the people who come in and give them to me to say goodbye to them. And there's no way on this earth I would ever reach for another one. It's just a non-smoker. And that's how they leave my premises as a non-smoker. So while you were smoking, did you want to quit? Well, when you're young, you're invincible, and of mm. course you don't want to. And in the old days, it was the in thing to do, mm. where it was, you know, if you didn't smoke, you weren't cool. Mm. But these days, it's very, very different. You know, people are educated. They know the dangers of smoking. They know that what it does to you, and therefore it's not cool. People look at them and go, oh, my God, you smoke? And there's a lot of shame. You know, there's a, a, a people are hiding. They're secretly hiding from their children, from their husbands, from their partners, from their friends. They're hiding the fact that they smoke because they feel so much shame about what they're doing. It's not cool anymore to smoke. Well, I've, I remember seeing a friend of mine who actually went outside of his own house to have a cigarette, which mm-hmm. I found a bit bizarre because I grew up with a father that smoked and he used to light up a cigarette after dinner mm-hmm. while we were still at the table eating. Yeah. And it's just bizarre that I just saw a friend, the difference that he'd walk out of his own house. send him my number. <laughs> yeah. I think he's on that, the patches. So yeah. uh, maybe he's taking his steps. I don't know. Maybe uh, you're probably more uh, cost effective one appointment as opposed to patches for the rest of your life. Yeah. The thing is that patches don't cure. They really don't. They might help a person believe that the nicotine that's entering their system is going to help them to quit smoking, but it's really not an addiction to the nicotine. Mm. Some people will beg to differ. I believe that it's a habit, one that we can change. You get three different smokers. Do they have three? Are they, is it the same system that you apply to all three? Not or necessarily. Do they, no. no, it's not a cookie cutter system. Okay. The basis of it can be similar, but each individual has different reasons why they smoke, how they smoke, when they smoke. For what purpose do they smoke? 
So therefore, I need to tailor it to suit that individual so I can take out their programs that they're running at a subconscious level and get rid of them. So everybody is different. So in 60 minutes, and this is not a commercial, by the way, I'm just a bit flabbergasted by 60 minutes, you're going to change someone's habits over the last 25, 32 years of smoking. It's actually, uh, 60 minutes is actually a bit of a sales pitch. Mm. Yeah. It actually, I spend two hours with a client. So I spend up to two hours with that client, but I guarantee that client will walk out of my door and not smoke again. And if they do, they come back in and I do another session free of charge. Okay, well, there's a challenge for everyone who's got no excuse. There's no excuses now, 60 minutes. Absolutely. So you also, you have a master's in NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming. Retraining of the brain. Is this part of the hypnosis? Yes. So So tell us about When a client comes to see me, it's almost an experience mm. because it's not – they may go to a hypnotherapist and I'm not putting down any other hypnotherapist out there, please. You know, it's a great industry. I really believe in it and everybody specialises in something that they're passionate about and that they're good at. When a client comes to see me, what I do is I want a whole experience for that client. So I'm a little bit different in what other people do. The first thing that I do with a client is I do their numerology, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Okay. So, People think it's hocus pocus, but it, I do their numbers and that helps to give me a personality profile of my client and I work out where they're at and what's going on for them in their life. That's the first thing that I do. The second thing that I do with my clients is I do a coaching program. So I want them to be able to walk out my door thinking differently about themselves, their health, their life, each and every aspect of it. It's not just come in and give up smoking and walk out the door. I want you, if you are my client, to really walk out there and to take back your life and to think about yourself and who are you and what do you want and where are you going? What's important to you? So I do a whole coaching program with you as well before I even start on the quit smoking. Okay. Yeah. And then we do the quit smoking session or the quit drinking or the quit sugar or the quit shopping or whatever it is that they're doing that they want to make change with or the weight loss. But there's always that component of coaching that goes into it. So the amount of coaching involved, uh, obviously, it depends on what issues they have that they want to uh, rid themselves of, what addiction or, um, you know, if it's confidence or public speaking or things like that, that you also can assist in Absolutely. those things as well. Absolutely. Even nail biting. Yeah, yes, I've done many. I've had people rip their own toenails out, walk out of my office and never do it again. I've had people who have been too frightened to fly in an aeroplane after doing a session with me, walk out and be able to get a job traveling all over Australia. Yeah, I've done some amazing things. I had, um, you know, I've worked a lot with people, a lot in different areas. So when they're coming to you with these, uh, the issues that they have, like the addiction, is it, do you find that you generally are kind of the last resort? They've tried many, many other things? Absolutely. Yeah? yeah. So what, what other things would they have tried? Well, it depends on what it is. If they've tried... Um, CBT therapy, they've tried counselling, they may have tried, if they're giving up smoking, patches, um, recordings, uh, even acupuncture, uh, Zyban, you know, things like that, that uh, they've tried to actually give up the smoking. And CBT, what's CBT? Uh, cognitive behaviour therapy. Okay. Yeah. And they've so tried all these things? They may have tried. There's, a, 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 you know, many, many things that they may try. And they usually find hypnotherapy as a last resort, a way of of making that change because it is a program at a subconscious level 
So the pardon my ignorance, hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, it's all part of the same uh, group or uh, qualification or is it more? No, it's different qualification. Hypnotherapy is working with a, a client at a subconscious level and it's putting them into a trance and it's making the changes, taking out the old programs and putting in mm-hmm. new ones. When I work with my clients, it can be laid with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And when I work with a client, I may um, do a client just... For example, I've had singers who have come to me. I've had um, tennis players who have booked me out for the day or sports people or golfers. And they may have habits that they want to change. So I will work with them doing neuro-linguistic programming on changing those habits and will work on building the skills that they do want to have. So I'll work with them first doing that and then I'll put them into the chair and do the hypnotherapy with them. Now, I'm very happy that you mentioned athletes because you mentioned golfers and um, mm-hmm. uh, and they say that sports is 90% mental. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard that many times, that old cliche. Mm-hmm. You've got a player, for instance, that's sta- it's, and we've seen this every week, in front of goal or taking a penalty, this is the one to win the game. He's done this a million times in practice. What's the difference? His mindset, where his head's at, his confidence in himself and his ability whether he's letting the, you know, the gremlins get inside his head and mess with it, where he's, he needs to be able to step aside from that. He needs to be able to focus on what it is that he does want, not what's going through. And that's why there's, you'll see a lot of interaction with players trying to take their confidence away from them and say things that will mess with their head. Mm. So they need to learn how to step aside from that and step into being the person that they want to be in that moment. So if you're in his ear, for instance, there's a guy stepping up to the penalty box uh, to score the winner to win the World Cup. If some, if they allowed someone like yourself to be standing next to him, uh, you know, this guy has obviously struck penalties or practiced penalties mm-hmm. his whole life, but he's stepping up to this. If you're in his ear at I that moment. Were, if I would have been working with him, I would have been working prior to that mm. and, and stacking some anchors to help him to step into state. Mm. It is a state that he wants and he wants to achieve and he needs to learn how or she needs to learn how to step in and out of state and to step into that, to believe it, to own it, to have it. And that's why it can be such a powerful tool to make change like that in an instant. So how about the athletes that want that pressure? You've obviously heard of the ones that they want the ball in their hand in those final three seconds or they want Mm -hmm. to win the game. What's the difference between those guys and the ones that uh, don't want the ball? They kind of go the other direction it's all about mindset really isn't it you can be as fit as a fiddle but if your head's not right in that moment to be able to achieve that that's what you're trying to help them to do to get their head right Uh, do you get inquiries from a lot of sporting clubs and uh, things i worked with um olympic swimmers i've been booked out for a whole day from people who've flown in from interstate to book me out for tennis Mm. top tennis people i can't mention any names Mm. um i've worked with um, stars who have gone on to do X Factor or things like that and they may get a bit nervous before they go for the audition to help them to eradicate those nerves. So you hope, you're actually hoping that they put into place what they've had a, had a chat with you about in the past? It's not having a chat. I actually get them to do the work. I mm. get them to step in and out of who they want to be in that moment and we practice that, we work with that and, and to elicit that state that you want to be in. People who have ever suffered with anxiety, 
and there are a lot of people out there because I've worked with a lot of people with anxiety, they know that having a negative state, how debilitating it can be and how crippling it can be in that moment, it's not real. But tell someone who's having a massive panic attack that what they're going through is not real. Yeah. So when they understand how powerful it can be in that moment, in a negative state, then you can understand that stepping aside from that and stepping into a positive state and eliciting that positive, that motivation, that drive, that inspiration, whatever it is that you need in that moment, you have the ability to do that as well. You just have to learn how to do it. And that's where it comes into being hypnotized and well, it's working with NLP, it's NLP. working with hypnotherapy. It's it's working with someone that you trust enough to be able to teach you how to do that. Okay. It's a relationship, mm. I believe, based on trust. I read somewhere as well that you, uh, in regards to losing weight, people that have had issues in the past, they've, they lose a certain amount and they can't get past that. It's like another here, another mountain. They'll start and then they'll stop. They can't get past it. And I also read something about a virtual gastric band. Virtual gastric lap band. It was, um, I trained with a very famous UK hypnotherapist. Her name's Sheila Granger. And she taught me how to do the virtual gastric lap band. What I've done with the VGLB is I've taken everything that I ever did in the past. And I've done every workshop that's out there as far as weight loss is concerned that I can get my hands on. I travel to the States every year. I upgrade my skills. I, you know, I want to really be the best that I can be, not out of ego, but to be able to help people. Mm. So I built this whole program around this virtual gastric lap band that, yes, I shrink their stomachs down. So it's mainly about portion size and they can't eat as much as they used to. But I also get in their head. So I work with my clients mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually as a whole. I work in every area of their life. I work with their motivation, their discipline, their drive, their enthusiasm, their passion. I work with them to help them to make the changes that they need to make socially, emotionally, you know, whatever it is. And and they come in every two weeks. They see me. We do a session for two hours. Yes, I will shrink their stomach down. Yes, they will not be able to eat as much as they used to. Yes, I will get rid of the desire for the sugars, the fats, you know, the alcohol, the soft drinks, whatever it is that they're doing, I will find a way to make sure that they don't do that anymore. And yes, I give them the motivation, the drive, the inspiration to be able to jump out of bed in the morning and to go for a walk, you know, so that they can... I'm not going to kill them and have them running up and down mountains and all those sorts of things unless that's what they want to do. But it's more about making a few fine changes, just, you know, little tweaks here and there in their life, teaching them how to be disciplined in their life, how to be proactive, how to be motivated, how to be organised. Organisation is the key for them and a lot of people don't know how to do that. They'll go and they'll they'll go on a diet, they'll read a book, they'll go and do a course and then while they're doing it, it works. But what happens when they stop and they go back to their regular lives? You know, what happens? You can't stay on shakes for the rest of your life. You can't, you know, just follow that one diet for the rest of your life. At some point, you have to learn how to live a normal life and how to control what you're doing within the boundaries of that normal life. And that's why I believe what I do is so powerful because I give them backup, they have recordings, they listen to me every night when they go to sleep. People tell me they're sleeping better than they've ever slept in their whole life. 
they have that support. I'm there with them every step of the way going, come on, you can do this. We've got this. Yeah. So it, it makes change in an instant. And I work with them. I, I look at their whole life and how to help them to achieve what it is they want in that life, in every area of their life, at work, at home, relationships, friendships, you know, themselves mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I work in every area and I help them to become the very, very best versions of themselves that they can possibly be. So when you say when we're talking virtual, you're obviously not going in there because there is a surgical lap band that people can yeah, put I on. Yeah, I do. I put them into into a state where they believe they have had the surgery. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that they when they walk out, they honestly believe that their stomach is shrunk to the size of a golf ball. Because that was my next question. You sh- you mentioned you shrink their stomach down. Mm, I do. So you put in put them in a state I where they think. I put them into hospital. They have the surgery. And they walk out feeling like their stomach has been shrunk down. That's what you, you don't physically put them in a hospital, just to clarify no. this. You're just <laughs> no. in them, you put them under, you, you do NLP. We do, yeah, we you do apply the your therapy yep. session. And in that session, in that moment, they I have shrunk their stomach down to the size of a golf ball so that they can't possibly eat as much as they used to. It is a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's a, you know, covers all bases. So they cannot eat as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how you found your success rate with uh, people with doing the virtual VGLB? I've been doing it for years now and absolutely fantastic. I had I started off many years ago and one of my first clients was my aunt and I helped her for her 70th birthday. She was a size 24 at the time, I think, and could hardly walk. She had bad hips, bad knees bad back everything so I I said to her auntie let me do this session with you for your birthday and we did and god love her she used to push her shopping trolley around Southland one floor and then go down the next and do the next floor and she got down to a size 14 and has sustained that got off all her medications for um, blood pressure and you know diabetes and all these sorts of things and still to this day she's a lot better because of the work that we did so there's no not necessarily no set not a certain number of sessions involved each client is obviously different they may come up to you for a maintenance and standard package is four to minimum of four to five sessions Mm -hmm. each session is approximately two hours to complete because i i work with them like i said mentally physically emotionally and spiritually as a whole when i say spiritually it's nothing to do with religion okay it's about their soul it's about their confidence it's about helping them to become the very best version that they can possibly be I, I believe that, that you need to work with what they believe in. That's what they believe in with that and help them to, if that's faith, and I believe in faith, and you have to have faith in what it is that you want to achieve. So whatever they need to have faith in, whether it's God, whether it's themselves, whether it's you know their trainers, their coaches, whatever, then have the faith and I'll support that. So it doesn't have to be a particular little rigid. It's more it has to do with strengthening their faith in whatever that they feel makes them a better person. I actually have a wall of faith in my office. It's, it, I have religious artifacts all around the room, different types of religions because I believe in all religions. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe at the end of the day, a person does want to have faith. They want to have faith in something higher than themselves. And to me, even a sign of a cross is a sign of positive because we want to believe in something positive. We don't want to believe in the negative. 
So, yeah, have faith. Have faith in whatever it is that you want. As long as you're a good person, you've got good values and you're headed in the right direction, I'll support you in your faith. So you mentioned you're, all, you're always doing continuous study. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you do on an annual basis? How many times a year? Will it... Maybe two to four times a year I will increase my skills in workshops. I'm travelling to the States um, in two weeks' time to upgrade my skills one more time. I, I work with a, a brilliant woman over there. Her name's Dr. Shelley. And uh, this time I'm going for my master's in teaching over there with hypnotherapy. So I've worked with her the last few years. She's brilliant, brilliant hypnotherapist. And I'm going to the convention and then going on to do a workshop after the convention. So I'll do whatever's out there, whatever I can get my hands on so that I can get the skills to help my clients. So you're looking more to improve what you already know or you're also open to more newer things or... Both. Both. Both, yeah. So if I can be the best that I can be, in what I do and I walk my walk and I talk my talk, then I can help you to be the best that you can be and to do the same in whatever area it is. So in regards to the learning, have you, have you ever come across things that you thought, that, you thought oh, that might be sound a bit crackpot or a bit crazy, but then you've looked into it a bit further and thought, you know, there might be something in this that might, might help a client or something like that or... Um, let me think. I was in New South Wales prior to Christmas and I did a workshop mm-hmm. for, on drug and alcohol counselling mm-hmm. and it was a, the clean and sober mo- model. So there was two people in the class that uh, disagreed with the clean and sober model as far as the teacher said that in order to work with a client, you have to sustain from alcohol in any form you cannot have a drink of alcohol and help a person to be clean and sober and there was a gentleman in the class he was a French man and a lovely man and he said I disagree because I like my champagne I don't see how me having a a glass of champagne at the end of the week is going to prevent me from being a good hypnotherapist or help prevent me from helping a person to give up alcohol and the teacher who was running the workshop, and I won't say who it was, but she's a brilliant teacher, she said, no, 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 you have to be completely free of alcohol or drugs in any way, shape or form in order to be able to help another person. And I disagree. I think that there are people out there that have severe addictions, and yes, the clean and sober model is what they need to do. 150%. They can never, ever, ever have another drink again or they will go back. It's all or nothing mentality. But there are some people out there that I work with that they want to have an attitude of one or two is okay but three or four is no more. So in a social situation, they want to be more in control of their drinking so they don't embarrass themselves or they don't take that one too many at the Christmas party but they don't necessarily want to give up drinking completely. So you're, you're actually talking about not necessarily the person taking the uh, session. Mm-hmm. The, you're talking about the actual person that has a, an issue with drinking. Mm-hmm. Is that right, to stay clean and sober? Or there are some There's that believe you need... two different models. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yep. one model is with alcohol. Let's just talk about alcohol, not drugs. Because for drugs, as far as I'm concerned, it's all clean and sober. There'd not be any one or two drugs is okay. Absolutely no one do I believe in that. But I believe in today's society there are people who need not need, who like to go to a social event and to be able to have a glass of wine, one or two. 
is okay. That's the way I work with them. But three or four is no more. So they never allowed to have more. And that's the suggestions that I implant. So they may come to me and say, look, I don't want to give up drinking completely. I just want to be able to make sure that I never, ever have more than that amount. Then I'll work with them as far as that's concerned to help them to reduce their intake rather than completely think that they have to go through life without ever being able to have another glass of wine again. But in saying that, if I work with a client and we find that they cannot stick to that, then I will make sure that it's all or nothing. They will then we go back to make sure that we completely eradicate it completely if it's not working for them. Does that make sense? So first of all, they may want to reduce their alcohol intake and if they're functioning in all areas of their life with that model, that's great. And if they're still not, then I will take out the program completely to make sure that they, they can never drink again. Is that a choice they make That's coming in to see make. you first? Absolutely. And you give them the option, okay, Correct. let's try it your way first. Yes. And obviously you expect them to be open and honest Correct. in in, um, in, uh, in appointments, in appointments down the track that they've had two wines, not 22 Correct. And that's how it works. Yeah. So if, let's say you came to me and you said to me, you know what, Terry, I find that I love a glass of wine, but I'm loving it a little bit too much at the Mm. moment. And this happens. People go out there, they have lives, they get stressed, they come home from work and they're so stressed, they've had a big day and all they want to do is just have a drink to, to get rid of that stress. I try and help them to make different changes. Come home, put your runners on, go for a walk. What is it you're getting from drinking that alcohol? Let's Mm. have a look at that. What is it doing? Why are you doing it in the first place? So, oh, I connect with my partner. We sit down. We'll connect with a bottle of soda water. You know, so we'll make changes as well on a practical level. As far as the changes to the mind, I want to go back uh, just uh, from your personal training days, exercise to Mm -hmm. the mind, uh, to the health. uh, How does that change? Physically, emotionally. Yes, okay. So how does that uh, help someone? How does that get people going? The motivation. I give them motivation to exercise. I implant it into their subconscious mind that they will want to do that from now on. They will have that motivation, that drive, the discipline, the enthusiasm, the passion to get out there and make it happen. And I also give them recordings to listen to when they go to sleep at night. So while they're sleeping, I'm retraining their brain. Yeah, So I'm doing the work for them while they're asleep and working on that muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So the endorphins, I'm, I'm asking you in regards to after a good session of exercise, people, are, for those that do exercise, they feel a difference, a uh, mm-hmm. noticeable difference. How does that work in the brain? Have you done much research or have you looked into that in the past? The benefits of just a physical, doing a physical, hard physical activity to the way you feel, well, the way you think. Serotonin levels, mm. dopamine levels. It's one of the most important things. I have, when I work with my clients and I talk to them about exercise, I talk to them about keeping themselves having a daily wellness plan. Mm. They need to have that. And the first thing that I say on that list is health. Always health is the most important thing. You can have as much money as you want in the, in the world and be as wealthy as you want, but without health, you've got nothing. You know? So you have to be able to go the distance. And in doing that, you need to have a daily wellness plan. And exercise, to me, is raising your serotonin levels, your dopamine levels, you feel good. It's keeping you above that line so that you feel really, really good. To me, when you're walking, you're walking your worries away. 
And that's one of the most important things that you can do is to keep yourself to raise that vibration up and give you that energy. Then comes good eating, good stuff in, good stuff out, clean, healthy, um, processed foods, teaching them how to eat properly, to exercise, to eat properly, to drink lots of water, to sleep well, to take care of themselves in all areas of their life. It all sounds pretty simple, Terry. Do you do you get clients to come to you after you've finished or after a few sessions and think, why haven't I done this myself before, by myself, as as opposed to having booked in for, you know, half a dozen sessions with yourself? A lot of people don't know about hypnotherapy. They don't understand that it can make such incredible changes in an instant. They don't have that awareness. And they may go and see a counsellor who they'll talk to about their problems and do talk therapy which talk therapy is great it helps to get it out so you're not carrying it anymore but it doesn't make the change in an instant like hypnotherapy does hypnotherapy changes things people have smoked i had a gentleman he smoked um 60 cigarettes a day for 40 years 40 years Mm. he was a heavy smoker he walked out of my place in one session and he's never touched wood had a cigarette again he sent me 30 clients within uh, from September to December, 30 clients of all those people who were heavy smokers who were smoking 20, 30, 40, 50 cigarettes a day who knew that if he could give up and I could help him, then I could help anybody. Can you imagine the, uh, the sort of dollars that you save as well? Being a self-confessed tight ass, I don't smoke because that's probably one of the reasons uh, it I costs a lot of money. $15,000 a year on smoking. Now, I do couples, okay? So a couple will come in and see me, a husband and wife, and they are spending a minimum, minimum of $20,000 a year on their cigarettes, minimum. And then what I get them to do is I get them, I ask them, do you drink alcohol? Yeah, we have a wine every night. So I say, well, how about we cut out alcohol just Monday to Thursday? No alcohol Monday to Thursday because you want to be have clarity and be sharper and be able to do your work better and all those sorts of things, and it does help. Yeah, so we just – can we do that? Can we just cut it out Monday to Thursday? Yep, okay. So they will have saved another minimum of ten to $15,000 just by doing that. And then I talk to them about their coffees and their lattes and their takeaway food. And what about if you were just a little bit organised and we got you to prep your food up over night time like you do for the kids, you know? Mm. And you took your food with you to work. Again, you could save another 10 to... They walk out of there saving $50,000 a year, minimum, just by coming in to quit smoking with me. That sounds... uh, Make me a few tweets. I was just about to say, can you just get off the uh, people with having their one coffee a day? You know, because that's the only thing that you read in the paper, drop a latte and you'll save 1500 bucks a year. All right. Well, if you smoke, drop... Now, I shouldn't be saying this because my husband has a coffee business, so he'll kill me for this. All right. Sorry, Danny, if you're listening. Yeah. But the thing is that when a baby grows up, okay, when a baby's born and we feed that baby, we feed it warm milk. Why do we feed it warm milk? We feed it the milk, whether it's breast or bottle, to make it grow, to fatten it up, to help it to grow. Yeah. When a cow has a calf, she will feed her calf warm milk to fatten it up, to help it to grow. We are neither babies nor are we calves. We don't need all that warm milk. So if you're going to have a coffee, have your coffee, have a shot, a tiny bit of milk, you know, but you do not need all that extra milk going into your body. So you're uh, advocating for macchiatos then. Absolutely. Is that correct? Yeah. Does that keep your husband happy? 
Well, yeah. They're still, still pushing the still pushing, um, the, coffee. Still pushing yes. the coffee. Reduce the milk a little bit, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure, Terry. We've got terrypopper.com. If people would like to be in touch, yeah. the beautiful thing about podcasts is they can rewind the 15 seconds to get these details. And it's Terry with a T E R R I E popper.com. Terry Popper, the showstopper. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Is that an actual website or is that? Because no, 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 that's okay. just a joke. We're going to look that up. Uh, hypnoquit.com. There are, I have two different websites. One is uh, www.hypnoquit.com. The other one is Terry Popper, Transforming People. Um, yeah. You can also find that on Facebook as well. So, Transforming People. Yes, Terry Popper, T R R I E, Popper, P O P E R.com. Um, Terry Popper, Transforming People.com, I should say. Was the TP coincidence or is it just clever marketing? TP Terry Popper, TP Terry Transforming People. There's actually a story behind that, Sam. Go on. Okay. So when I very first started out hypnotherapy, um, my eldest boy and myself, we sat down and we were brainstorming, as you do when you start out. Like, what can I do? How can, what can I be? What can my business name? You think it's the most important thing. So I started off with a business called Natural Solutions Hypnotherapy, creating solutions naturally. And after a few years of working with that, I sort of thought, well, you know what? I'm not really the person sitting here you know with the no disrespect to anybody else but with the you know the purple hair and the hairy underarms and all those sorts of things I'm not really that you know very natural Natural. person okay you know so I thought what is it that I do what do I do to really that resonates with me and I like to transform people. That's my thing. I really like to transform their lives. And I thought I'd like to be totally positive. So I thought of that first, totally positive. Yeah. And then I thought, no, I want to be able to be transforming people's lives. So Terry Popper, transforming people. It was a natural progression and that's where that came from. So the message there is you don't necessarily have to be right, right up front. It's an eventual journey that you're on. It's a journey that we all take in and our lives. That's why eventually you got to transforming people. You didn't get that. You didn't waste your time on the little bits. You just got the name out, started, took off, helped, 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 and now we're at transforming people. Yeah. I think the most important thing is to to be able to serve people, to be able to help them and to come from your heart and to know that they're safe and that I I have them, I have respect for them, I value them, I appreciate them. I'm there for nothing more than to help them. This isn't about me. Mm. This is about them, 150%. If I, and I work with a lot of people and I end up doing the whole family because they love the work that I do and then they bring their kids in or they're, you know, people have brought people in from overseas and all sorts of things and interstate to see me. So because they know that I'm really, really, really passionate from my heart to theirs, to help them in whatever it is they need to make change with. So is there a comfy couch in your office, like in the movies where they sit, lie back and oh, get even... Oh, a beautiful reclining chair with a with a uh, fur rug underneath and a warm blankie and some Very nice. nice music and I talk to them. Sounds like a comfortable place as well, which is important, obviously. You're welcome to come anytime.
Thank you very much, Terry Popper. Transforming people, I have a phone number, 0425-536-856. So there's no excuses. If you're looking just for a chat with Terry to find out more information, you can obviously go online, have a bit of a read, go to Facebook, Transforming People. Correct. TerryPopper.com, Hypnoquit, but that number, and you can go back, 0425-536-856. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank yes, you, Sam. no, tell Thank me. Thank you so much. That's all right. Any, I really appreciate you, you're going to add something. And if anyone is out there that needs help with anything, and I mean absolutely anything, just give me a call. I'm here. I will help you in any way that I can. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Terry Popper of Transforming People. For more information on how Terry can help you, go to www.terrypopper.com. For past episodes of Exceptional People, or if you'd like to subscribe or even be kind enough to leave a comment, go to exceptionalpeople.com.au. That's exceptionalpeople.com.au. Thanks for listening and bye for now.